Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, good morning. I welcome you to Real Cuffs today and Real Cuff Radio. I'm excited. We have an awesome speaker, minister. Uh, she's just been given a, a director for victims of sexual violence ministry with Heaven's Family. She's going to be giving her testimony today, sharing some of the things the Lord has that she's walked through and what the Lord has done in her life and how he's bringing her forth as his vessel. Patty Forney, Patty Forney will be speaking to us today. Hello, Patty. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, What a blessing it is to be able to share what God does in our lives, the things that he that he has set us free from, which propels us into all that he wants to do. And I didn't hear your introduction, but because I got cut off. But anyway, I'm going to start by just reading a few pages of what I've written about my early life. As a kid, um, as a 19-year-old, and then share more about what I'm doing now. Times Square, Broadway shows, Greenwich Village, and streams of swarming people. Hotels with uniformed doormen standing guard. In my 19th year, I was submerged into the mass of Manhattan humanity. My dirty feet tramped through concrete chaos as New York pulsed with the energy of big city life. Aching with endless footsteps, my tired legs carried me up and down, back and forth through concrete chaos as New York pulsed with the energy of big city life. Aching with endless footsteps, my tired legs carried me up and down, back and forth, through filthy streets looking for customers I didn't want to find. Unthinkable to return empty-handed to my pimp and captor, my desire to escape from this wretched way of life continuously grew. Weary, wandering, confused as to how this had become my life, my steps traced a circuitous route. Raised in a good Catholic family to become a prostitute was unthinkable. How did I end up here? I can't believe I'm doing this. Who in their right mind would willingly choose such a thing? How could I now be experiencing the underbelly of this glamorous city with its drug addicts, triple X theaters, horrific nightlife, and the daytime drudgery of endless walking. In 1977, pimps were predators who planted themselves in bars and nightclubs. Their eyes expertly scanned crowds for prospective victims they were there to catch. This term was used by men who preyed upon the souls of broken girls. They watched for telltale signs of vanity and insecurity evidence of cavernous emotional impoverishment. Captivity was a psychological incarceration, a soul invisibly imprisoned through instilled need of the captor's approval. An An acquaintance introduced me to a pimp in my hometown of Minneapolis, never dreaming I would succumb to his tactics. Something about this man known as Chicago drew me. He ostentatiously played the part of pimp as his smile flashed a gold tooth. 
with smooth liquid charm. He proudly displayed ringed fingers with long nails, symbolic of living above the need for honest toil. Armed with just enough knowledge of God to see his need for divine intervention, my motivation to talk with him was pity. He can't really be happy. He needs God. His phone number was foolishly tucked away in my purse. Blind to my own vulnerability, I felt so street smart when I refused to disclose mine. Yet the flattery-baited hook of his methodical enticement was already dangling before me, ready to sink into my love-hungry soul. Just a matter of time, he waited in hope that I would eventually bite. As opposed to abortive, seriously depressed, completely empty of hope, hollow shell of a girl, I needed male attention like a drug addict, desperate for a fix. My ugly secret of abortion suffocated my soul and it imprisoned me with shame over having killed my own child. Weeks passed before my fingers dialed Chicago's number during my lonely break from my boring bank job. The cloud of despondency lifted during those moments on the phone with him. His lilting tone was like an instantaneous antidepressant that momentarily medicated my senses and took the edge off my sad reality. As weeks went by, the phone calls increased and eventually we began seeing each other in person. To turn one's trick was to, first trick was to be inducted into the life as it was referred to in those days. Chicago waited until his approval and affirmation eclipsed the already decaying sense of dignity within me. His perfectly timed statements of how much money could be generated in a few short hours contrasted with my piddly paycheck. Little did I know that my initial act of selling myself would be the first shovel of a self-dug grave deep and dark with rescue unthinkable. Something indelible or seemingly indelible was tattooed into my psyche after such a choice. Branded onto my flesh, I believe this word was burned there forever. Prostitute. Normal life no longer felt available to me. Now we know that those things and those feelings were not true. That the Lord had already set a table for me. He had chosen me before the foundation of the earth to give my life to him. And I did that after weeks of treatment, after going through all the help that man had to offer. I gave my life. I gave everything I had to the Lord Jesus. You know, I've never really liked to say that I accepted him or I accepted Jesus because the truth of the matter is that Jesus accepted me. What a blessed thing. You know, somewhere in the next few years after ending up in a Christian rehabilitation program, the Lord began erasing the shame that, you know, I think we can carry shame subconsciously. You know, in the early days, it was conscious. I felt paranoid and insecure. And, but the Word of God put to memory began to cleanse my heart and soul of terrible memories, of fears, of things that had happened that, you know, it's not really worthy going into it all. I just read those few pages of my story for you to understand where I'm coming from. So um, about in 1979... After having been a Christian for about two years, two and a half years, uh, the Lord asked me to come to 
Texas to be a part of Agape Force. I actually thought I was coming for just a six-week training program. And Agape Force was a ministry that was started during the Jesus People movement in the 1970s. And the desire was simply to bring revival to America. And there were many means in which which we did that. And I was actually a singer with a couple music groups, Silverwind and Candle. Um, And so I had the opportunity to be used by the Lord in that way during those days. But the revelation of his love that he poured out upon me is something that I wish I could convey, but it's just beyond words. I remember um, one night hours passing as I just, it was as if I was sitting under a waterfall of his presence. And I had never even heard of inner healing and I had never heard of prophetic ministry, but both of those things happened to me that night. Um, And so as the Lord just almost like a movie played before me, the abortion that I had, you know, long before repented of, it was, it was the victimization of that because it was a choice that should not have been available to me at a time when I was lonely and afraid. And I remember crying, how could they do that to me? And the Lord crying to me, through me, I was there. That might sound a little funny, but it was as if, he was trying to, to say it was never okay with me that that option was available to you. There should have never been anyone willing to suck the child from your womb. And, um, of course, also the having been exploited sexually, um, having been the child of an alcoholic, and, you know, I'm responsible for the choices I made but I was also seduced into something that was a very harmful lifestyle. And unfortunately, the truth now is that the average age of a girl being inducted into what's called the life, the life of prostitution, the average age in America is 13 years old. Now, this is a horrendous truth. And um, so I'm currently... As a part of Heaven's Family, which I believe uh, was mentioned in the beginning, and that's heavensfamily.org, I am directing the Victims of Sexual Violence Ministry. And our main emphasis and focus is helping the poor of the earth, the least of these who are scattered throughout the globe. Um, we're, we're currently also working to, uh, I am with a horse. I don't know if you just heard that, but my horse just said hello to everybody. He did a really good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, his name is Rudy, and I am in the beautiful out-of-doors do- as we speak. But anyway, we're raising funds for a ministry called For the Silent. But before I get into that, I want to explain the Victims of Sexual Violence Ministry I don't know how many people are aware of the barbaric savagery excuse me, that exists as acts of war in other parts of the world. Women are brutally raped by soldiers, 
sometimes for days at a time. They are purposefully infected with AIDS so that whatever is left, whomever is left of their family will reject them. They are in abject poverty, and it is the privilege of my life and heart to stand for them, to uh, be a part of the, a Women of Wellness Center that brings hope and healing every day. I will be going to Africa next month to meet many of the Sudanese, Ethiopian refugees in Kenya, Rwanda, and DR Congo. And in the meantime, we are, I have been sharing my story here in Texas to intermediate girls who are at risk for being trafficked. And they're at risk because one, of their, one or both of their parents are in jail or are drug addicts, or maybe they've already been hurt and molested themselves at such young ages. Uh, we're raising funds for a program to be done in an at-risk apartment center complex. Uh, it's a place where pimps actually troll the neighborhood, and these girls have nothing to do in the summer. They're going to be between 12 and 16. And so that's what I'm working on before this trip to Africa to see about the women and they carry children of rape. So not only have they lost their country, their home, their husbands, their own children, some of them carry the offspring of those who have abused them. So I know I've covered a whole lot here, but, you know, I want the things that have happened in my life and that I have done, that I have been forgiven of, and the things that have been done to me and the people who I have forgiven because of them, I want all of that to be so used for the glory of God, for people's lives to be changed. And that's why it is such a privilege to be a part of what God is doing through Heaven's family. And I don't know if anyone has any questions, but I'd like to just pray for those who are listening. I think that as I was sharing about abortion, I believe there are those who have carried this as a secret for so many years. And the Lord wants to set you free. He wants you to know that forgiveness is available and you don't need to hide it any longer. So, Father, I just want to pray for those who have experienced the trauma of abortion, for those who have walked in regret in silence all these years, I just want to ask for a setting free. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal to them your great love, your mercy, your forgiveness. I ask that those who need to know that they've been forgiven, that you would speak to them in the language of their heart, that you would give them ears to hear how much you love them. Lord God, I thank you for every broken heart that is in this world, on this earth. You see them all. I ask that you would help us to be your hands and feet you would use us to bring healing to those who have been violated and that you would use us to help prevent 
violation from those who have not yet experienced it. We thank you, Jesus, that your table, it is filled with good things. It is long. There's room for all of us at your table. And I pray, Father, that you would allow those who need to understand that your banner over them is love, that you would help them to put their lame feet under your table and truly be healed. In Jesus' name. Well, um, you mentioned donations as well as getting in contact with you to support the trip to Africa and working with uh, what you're doing there, but you didn't mention how. Okay. Well, so how um, can I get a hold of you? Do you want me to well, post it or? Okay, are we? Have, we're still on. Do you happen okay. to have an uh, maybe an email address that you want me to post, or or is this through family Heaven's uh, Heaven's family that they would write yeah. it to? Yes, I would. There are two ways to do it. If you want to be in contact with me, it's p.forney at heavensfamily.org. And if you want to go online, you can go to heavensfamily.org. On that website, there are 21 different focused ministries. Mine is Victims of Sexual Violence. And if you go to that page, you will find an area that says Pressing Needs. In the Pressing Needs is where you can give to the project I told you about here in East Texas to educate those who are at risk for trafficking. And so, you know, that's why I told that part of my story because we are trying to help those girls who could suffer a fate, and they are young. If someone were to touch them, just to touch them, it would be against the law, and yet here they are being perpetrated against and exploited in such a ridiculous manner, and then they get, the girls get arrested, but they have been victimized in this situation. So you can see why I feel so passionate about this. If you want to help... If you want to help with uh, any of the women in Africa, there's another special need on my Victims of Sexual Violence page. We are raising money to help them have safe water. Uh, those women who have suffered rape and the effects of rape, um, we have installed a, like a reservoir or a catchment system that will prevent them from having to treacherously walk over uneven ground to carry water back and forth. And uh, it's already been installed, and it is, I think, 67% funded at this point. But it's safe water, and they, all they have to do is turn on a faucet. And that is a miracle in many parts of the world. You know, we're just so used to these things, but um, the reality is that so many people die simply because they don't have safe water or they spend most of their day just trying to get it. Patty? Yes. Uh, I, I just want to share, back in December, 
well, well, you invited me to come when you were ministering to a group of, of young women, and it was about mm-hmm. a dozen, and I was yes. blessed to go. But as you gave that whole testimony, which today you only gave a portion of, but uh-huh. as you shared how God transformed your life, I mean, every every girl, every woman, or they were young, that were in that meeting, they were just in tears and sobbing, and you were oh. able to, to minister to every single one. I know once you turned to me and said, did you want to minister or something? And I said, no, I'm the last one in line. I said, I'll be in line for you to minister oh, to me. That was such but a that, blessed that, time. Yes, that, that day yes. that every one of them were able to release something and hurts that they had been through. It was yes. awesome. So is is God, that so your good. complete testimony? Do you have it someplace written? Or maybe we can interview you again and let's give the whole testimony to oh, hear. Yes. because. I, I Yeah, I only gave a little bit of it because uh, I didn't want to just read it forever and ever, but it was just to give a background of where I came yeah. from. Um, but the full, the full thing would take a little longer to read, and I'd be happy to do that sometime. And I'm happy to come and share if anybody yeah. wants to well, hear that for women's yeah. meetings or well, whatever. Well, so. We'll, we'll put all your information with your picture and all the different, you know, addresses and also of Heaven's family and and on there. Uh, it was just, it was a blessing today. Oh, a thank blessing. you so much. Thank you yes. for, for having me. And I hope the horse noises don't. Oh, I, no, oh, I, I have a problem. Yeah, you know, I, I laugh because we also have a horse. But w- when he did that, it was just like it kind of broke because it was real. It's real heavy in there, you know. It it, it's heavy, heavy stuff yes. we're listening to, so it, it, it did bring a smile. Yeah, <laughs> good. We need that, oh, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do sometimes. We do sometimes. Julie, any other? Well, no, just thank you so very much. Thank you for taking your time. Blessings. Thank and, you. Uh, Blessings to you. Well, I guess. We, yeah, I, I guess we say that. That's a wrap. That's a wrap okay. for real stuff. Thank you. Okay. Bless Blessings you. Time. Bye. Bye.